The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 96th ever show of All Around Sports. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week, no surprise, and what a difference a week can make, is Florida Gulf State University, FGCU Eagles. Uh, it is the story of not only the NCAA tournament, but uh, really uh, of the sports world overall, easily, by far. And I find it interesting because I think it's uh, taken, taken it to the next level about what, how quickly fame can come upon someone, some person, some organization, whatever. In this case, it happens to be a college, and it happens to be... NCAA March Madness tournament that's created it, but it's just uh, something we really haven't seen quite like this before, um, to consider that eight days ago, eight days ago, none of us uh, were aware of this university. I must uh, confess, I'm, a, uh, I'm, I'm pretty partial to them in that I lived on the Gulf Coast of Florida, uh, hour or two north of Fort Myers, about an hour north of Fort Myers. Uh, back earlier in my newspaper career, was an editor down there and have gone down consistently ever since. Literally just a little over a year ago, flew into the Fort Myers airport, um, which is right down the street now from the new Red Sox spring training facility, which was sort of a uh, claim to fame, but now it's uh, the airport is right down the street from FGCSU. And uh, so it's just an amazing story. Again, just remarkable to see uh, how big it's become last night. It was uh, 
on the national news, so obviously it transcends sports. It was literally the CBS evening news. It was their final story. And it's just got all the elements. Uh, you, you know, I think they were founded in, like, 1991, so it's, quote, a new college. It's on the beach. you got to love that. Who wouldn't love that? Um, they've only been eligible for the tournament for a couple of years now, and here they are in the Sweet 16. They're a flat-out likable team. There's no other way to say it. Everything ranging from, obviously, Dunk City, that's the key. They're athletic, high-wire dunks, great lobs, are spectacular. They're chicken dance on the sidelines. Again, is uh, fabulous. They're having fun. And their uh, Sherwood Brown sticking his tongue out is just, you know, a compelling athlete by any standard. And then we get to the coach, Andy Enfield. His story is uh, pretty widely known. Um, you know, supposedly made some a uh, lot of money on Wall Street. Uh, his uh, wife is a former supermodel. And what I found interesting, living up here in Boston, is that he was with the Celtics uh, for a few years and was a, quote, shot doctor, who apparently was Paul Pierce's shot doctor. So I'd say, uh, you know, this guy has the Midas touch, and uh, I've extended to Paul Pierce, who's obviously had a Hall of Fame career. So, like all of America, I cannot wait for FGSU to play tonight at 10 o'clock. How un Believably ironic that they're going up against their, quote, big brother in the state of Florida, the Gators. The Gators dominate down there big time. I know this from having lived there, of course. And But I grew up in Pennsylvania, and this is uh, like my college, St. Francis University, and it's 1,600 students going up against Penn State in, in football. It's pretty much akin to that. and uh, So I think it's just going to be great. And... I think that uh, I'm curious to see what the ratings are. I, I found myself wondering if this could be like the highest rated game that starts at 10 p.m. Eastern time ever in sports. I mean, I think it has a shot. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a unique starting time, and it's a very, very unique team. It transcends sports. Like I said, it's pulling in people who don't care about sports, uh, don't follow it, and they've been, uh, you know, they've been mentioning it. It's got people's, uh, you know, it's got people's attention far beyond the world of sports. Great story, and uh, glad it continues at least till uh, midnight. And we'll see once and for all if the clock will strike midnight uh, at midnight tonight for the uh, for the Eagles. Well, sticking with the tournament, um, and by the way, a couple other highlights. Uh, from the tournament, Ohio State hitting another buzzer beater last night. Uh, LaQuinton Ross, two seconds to go. Very impressive, following up Aaron Crafts. Uh, buzzer beater with less than one second to go last Sunday. So that's two buzzer beaters in a row uh, to put him into the Elite Eight. That is cool. Another highlight, uh, Syracuse last night, but more, in, uh, more particularly here in Massachusetts, Michael Carter-Williams, the absolute star of last night's game. Uh, he had the game of his life. It is interesting in that he's from Massachusetts. 
a suburban town north of Boston, and his house burned down, literally burned down, during the game last weekend that Syracuse was playing. So for him to bounce back from that uh, with last night's performance, absolutely amazing. This leads into my low light of the week, again, with the NCAA tournament, which is Miami coach Jim Laranega, whom we all love from taking George Mason to the Final Four a few years back. But I was shocked last night to watch his post-game interview after they got trounced, literally dominated, uh, by Marquette, uh, using injury as an excuse for not being able to prepare properly. Again, shocking to me. It was just, uh, couldn't believe what was, what I, what I was hearing. And, uh, you know, that is just, nobody should ever use that excuse. Coach, player, owner, nothing. It just doesn't fly. And for him to say that <clears throat> little injuries kept popping up in the past few days that prevented his team from, quote, preparing properly for last night's game, again, just stunned me. Um, other low light uh, from the tournament and from the week, uh, Indiana just absolutely disappearing against Syracuse last night. I mean, it was just like watching, uh, you know, Usain Bolt uh, race William the Refrigerator Parry or something. I mean, it was just almost a, a, a men against boys situation and uh, just couldn't believe how they trounced them. And great defense, Jim Beheim, who I covered last year at the NCAA Eastern, Reg Eastern Regional up here in Boston, uh, not a guy given, shall we say, to excessive statements, said last night that it was one of the best defensive games Syracuse has ever played. He's been around a while, about 30 years or so. It's a, just an incredible statement for him to make. Tonight looks good, great matchups. Uh, Duke, Michigan State, obviously all about the coaches. Shashevsky, uh, Coach K versus uh, Tom Izzo should be great. Michigan, Kansas. Uh, Kansas, of course, iconic basketball school. Michigan has a pretty good history themselves. And uh, so that should be great viewing. Now on to my bizarre item of the week, which is uh, the snow soccer game last Friday night between the USA and Costa Rica up in Denver. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a soccer snow game before. It's just that simple. That immediately qualifies it as the bizarre story of the week. And, uh, you know, for Costa Rica to protest this game is just absurd. And uh, because they talked about it with the refs mid-game, the U.S. had a one nothing lead. Apparently they talked about it. And, you know, everybody decided to continue. And then the game ends, they lose, and they file a protest. So I'm glad it was denied. And uh, I was at the Snow Bowl, Tom Brady, Tuck Rule, all that, which I talked about last week with the demise, with the Tuck Rule going away once and for all. But, uh, you know, watching it on TV reminded me a lot of the Tuck Rule game, at least the films that I watched after uh, attending that game, and uh, it just looked like the same kind of a snowstorm. Um, so, again, it was really uh, fascinating to watch. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, 
A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. Join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm great, John. I'm glad to be here. How's everything? Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Uh, as you know, you're based in New England like me. Uh, we finally have something resembling, for the first time literally in months, a spring day. And that is very welcome up these up in these parts, right? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. I had a friend of mine up here from Alabama. He has his son looking at some schools, and he's enjoying the weather. And uh, I say this is what's the trap in New England, these beautiful spring days. Oh, there's nothing, exactly, it's it's never better than when New England uh, is nice in the spring after a tough winter, and this has been, uh, well, it's the worst March ever, period, the worst February and March combo ever in the history of New England, but we won't dwell on that, finally, some sunshine and temps in the 50s, and that means March Madness, and without a doubt, the biggest sports story in America is the Florida 
Gulf Coast University Eagles in the Sweet 16. Two spectacular games last weekend, uh, obviously highlighted by Dunk City. And uh, so I got to get your views on Florida Gulf State University. I opened the show talking about them. I used to live in the Gulf Coast of Florida, and uh, I'm loving it, and I mean loving it. How about you? Oh, they play with so much exuberance and and have so much fun on the court, and and you like the way they pass the ball, and they're unselfish, and they they play so hard every possession. I'm I'm really enjoying every minute of it, John, just as you are. Uh, the, the first time I ever heard of the school was many years ago. Their women's basketball team was playing for the Division II championship against Southern Connecticut. And wow. there was a lo- local gal from our high school on the team, and they beat uh, the Gulf Coast, Florida Gulf Coast, for the championship 61-45-2007, and the gal from our local high school was the MVP for Southern Connecticut. Wow. That's yeah. what we love about you, AP. You always have great personal experience stories, and that puts you about five years ahead of everybody else because I don't think anybody ever, I mean, very, very few ever heard of them before eight days ago, last Thursday, including me, who used to live in the Gulf Coast of Florida. Uh, A little over a year ago, I flew into Fort Myers Airport in the shadow of their campus and, uh, you know, spent, uh, spent a week down there and uh, right in that area, Naples, and uh, again, it came out of nowhere for me. And, and I like to think I keep in, you know keep abreast of happenings in the Gulf Coast of Florida. And uh, yet, I have to confess, never heard of it before. I really hadn't. So, hats off to them. I mean, AP. Let me ask you this. I mean, I, at the beginning of the show, I you know talked about them, and I think this is going to be remembered even far beyond the basketball tournament in that I think that, you know, this is, this is next level of how quickly someone or some organization can become famous literally overnight. I think it's like, I I don't ever remember seeing really anything quite like this before, certainly in the world of sports, if not beyond. Yeah, with the proliferation of sports networks, John, I mean, they get so much more airtime than they would have, you know, let's say even 10 years ago. Don't even have to go back 20 years or anything like that. And they're showed on the nightly news, every every 24-hour news network. Yep. And it's just fabulous for that school. That I think it was only 17 years old, I've heard. So Correct. You, 90, you, couldn't buy, you couldn't buy that uh, with a million dollars, that publicity they received. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, some of the residual stuff as I like to do, you know. I I was here. I first moved to Massachusetts in the Doug Flutie era. So, you know, I'm well familiar with how admissions immediately in his Heisman Trophy winner winning year and, you know, Miracle in Miami, all of that. I mean, admissions went through the roof and, you know, increased by like 3,000 percent or some crazy figure in the next year or two. And that figure still holds today from, you know, Bruce Springsteen's kid going there to, you know, <laughs> Boomer Esiason's kid going there. I mean, it's, 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 cachet was established that exists 30 years later. Not that BC wasn't a great school and had, and certainly had some cachet before that, but they, I mean, it put it over the top. And I, obviously, 
this is going to put Florida Gulf Coast over the top forever. Yes, the Flutie effect, I guess they called it years ago. Yeah, and totally. And the Florida Gulf Coast effect. I, it's funny you mentioned that. I had been reading a story about the enrollment figures and the applications at various schools who, who win, and, and that's, uh, that's a truism that it, it follows winning. Um, you know, most people, if they or against athletics, you know, you have to show them these figures in black and white, and it's a testament to how athletics can improve a school's finances through all the applications, and you're getting better uh, students as well, more people to pick from, and, and, you know, for your allotment each year. So, yes. uh, you know, I, you know, there's some people, are, you know, against athletics, but there's some benefits for sure of winning. Well, this could become the, the case study of our times. I mean, you know, because the ripple effect of, you know, more students are going to go there. Increase, enrollment's going to increase, which will then increase, you know, money, which increases potentially the quality of teachers and, you know, gives that, the, the name recognition, you know, i.e., you know, down the road, not today, maybe today. But, uh, you know, hey, I've got, you know, you show up with a degree from FGSU and it's going to get people's attention. It's a conversation, you know, at minimum, it's a conversation piece. Uh, right. And, you know, but I also found myself thinking, you know, showing the pictures of the, you know, the beach nearby and all that. And I'm like, if Andy Enfield, the coach, stays, and there's got to be some superstar high school stud sitting around that just says, I want to go to school there. They look, they play fun <laughs> basketball, number one. The beach looks pretty good, number two. And as we both know, in basketball, all you need is one. It could be a Patrick Ewing going to Georgetown, whatever. Yeah. It, it's a. It's not like football. Not a, not a lot of manpower. You could turn around a program for, you know, a decade with a couple totally. of players. Uh, and it's, it does so much for the school and the university and the alumni. I mean, when you're keeping, you know, that's why they keep score, John. I mean, there's a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people, you know, in today's society, they talk about the children growing up and everyone gets a trophy. Well. One thing you can learn in athletics is it's competitive, and it's a competitive world. And sometimes a classroom may not teach you those lessons about sacrifice and teamwork, but in athletics, those are valuable lessons that, you, that transcend the sports. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, one, another thing I like about this story, and I think everybody likes, you know, there's the team is one story, and interwoven with that, of course, is the coach, which is kind of another story. <laughs> and I talked about, you know, some of his unique things, i.e. supermodel wife, supposed millionaire coming out of Wall Street, uh, and, you know, was the Celtic shot doctor right there in the team picture. Apparently Paul Pierce's shot doctor. He spent, I guess, three years with the Celtics. You know, he's an assistant in Florida State. Right. Uh, another part that I didn't mention, that I, again, just kind of the cool coolness of Andy Enfield is uh, he has the highest percentage of free throw shooting in the history of Division Two of the NCAA, Johns Hopkins, ninety-two percent from the line during his career. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that you know he's like a, a Horatio Alger story or something, and uh, obviously their fortunes are tied. But you know, he has become the star, uh, you know, with the team, and then Sherwood Brown with 
the long dreadlocks sticking out his tongue, the chicken dance that he and his teammates do. Oh, Sherwood Brown, another thing I loved when he went over to uh, Len Elmore and the announcers and introduced himself. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that too often, but he's having fun. He's loose. I mean, he's you, loose. you need to have that type of temperament in these pressurized situations. You want someone out there that's willing to take a shot. If he misses it, fine. If he makes it, that's a positive, of course, for the team. But you need people out there that uh, they don't shy away from the limelight because the spotlight for basketball is in March. Yes, yes. And I'm a big believer that, you know, you, you need a, a leader, if not a star. And he, and he is that guy. And if there's any doubts, uh, you know, they were a bit sluggish uh, by their standards of Dunk City when he went out early in the second game uh, against San Diego State with some foul trouble. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, were going, uh-oh. Yeah. But, you know, when he came back in, they just really looked like a different team. Um, and so, you know, he's that. He's their leader, star power, personality plus. And obviously, you, you know... Uh, he, he can lift them when he comes off the bench. So uh, we don't want to see any foul trouble from him tonight. No, and it's always one thing about March Madness. It's good to have some stars that you can recognize, and then there's some that emerge like him in this tournament. And, and people can think back over the years, and you you might mention the team, and, and then you'll say, oh, what about the guy with the dreadlocks? And then that will bring up some great memories of, of the tournament. So, you know, Years ago, it was Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Those are the two big names in Salt Lake City. Uh, but it's nice to have a, a, a name that you can identify with, and kids can, you know, watch the development over the years. It's great. Well, I know there's a lot of chatter before this tournament, given that you know there were so many different number one teams. You know, no, there was no like star, superstar coming into the tournament. Right. Uh, and you know, a lot of people just say, well, stars usually emerge. Right. During the tournament, and you know, there there will there may never be a better example of that than than Sherwood Brown. I mean, he is just uh, unique, and, and he's got game, uh, best of all. But tonight they're on the big stage, hundred thousand. Well, I don't know if there's going to be a hundred thousand people. I wouldn't be surprised, but they're playing yeah. at Cowboy Stadium. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you know uh, there would be a hundred thousand. That's how popular a story it is. I mean. I just think that uh, I'm anxious to see, you know, now that the fame has been around them for an entire week, <laughs> how are they going to... How are they gonna... You can't even get a hat. They can't make them quick enough. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, you know, we've seen stuff like this before. You, you know, you'd make the case we could see like stuff like this practically every year. But nothing I can remember quite like this. No, they... You know, it's that dynamic setting, the Gulf Coast on the beach. Yep. And the coach, I mean, John, if you had to make this story up and present it to a publisher, he would say, no, this couldn't happen. He'd he'd reject the manuscript. Bingo. Well said. Perfectly said. And and then just to top it off, I mean, I I use the example, you know, I went to St. Francis College of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. 1,600 students in the shadow of Penn State, and, you you know, the fact that FGSU, the Eagles, are playing Florida. 
University of Florida, the Gators, the big boy, the brother, big brother, whatever you want to call it, right. uh, is just adds to me another element of the story that if they somehow win tonight, it would be like, again, it's like St. Francis playing Penn State in football, for gosh sakes. <laughs> right, yes. as crazy as that sounds. Example. Yeah, and so again, you know, it feels a little bit like the stars are aligned on this one. Yeah, it does. I mean, in, in basketball, John, as you know, if you can make shots, all your sins are excused for that night. I mean, you've seen it many years ago, yep. Villanova and Georgetown. I mean, he just didn't miss a shot the second half or some ridiculous thing, maybe a shot. And you can, you know, David could always beat Goliath. It's it's always a possibility. Absolutely. That's why we watch. And my final thought here as we go to break is simply that I said again in my opening, might this might this be the highest-rated sports show ever to start at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'm thinking maybe it could be. I mean, everybody's going to want to watch this one. and I don't know anybody who's not watching, put it that way. Right, anybody's a basketball fan, and then some. Exactly, and then some. Well said. Uh, all right, well, AP, uh, uh, excellent perspective from you. Love the story on uh, the that you knew of FGSU back uh, five, six years ago five or six years ahead of everybody else. And uh, with that said, it's time for our break, and I know you're sticking around for us uh, for us for the next segment. Sure enough. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports every wednesday you'll want to talk sports with touchdown tony collins and his co-host bill mattis tony's broken records and has been to the pro bowl and the super bowl we'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news action and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. Spring turkey season has started around the country, and on this week's program, we'll have Mark Drury and Will Brantley. We're going out to the Thunder Chicken Jimmy! Hey, plus we're also going to have, I got a little excited, Lawrence Pine, M.D. Johnson, and Chance Orth of Unpro. When we talk about tips and tactics for spring turkey hunting. And as always, it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel Plus Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. We're America listeners. Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I am your host, John Inglesby, and on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we were talking uh, the entire second segment about Florida Gulf Coast University. Can't get enough of them. And, you know, again, it's just such a dominant story uh, that, you know, I know you have even a little, you know, more perspective on them. Yeah, John, I mean, their success, is a nightmare for other coaches around the country that don't make the NCAA tournament because some athletic directors, if they're on the fence about their coaching staff, they're looking at this young school of only 17 years, and they're able to make it to the Sweet 16 with limited budget in a smaller conference and players that weren't even being recruited by major conferences. So, if I'm a coach at a big school and I'm trying to come up with some excuses, I'm keeping those in my hip pocket and just keep my lip tight and go out and recruit better players because there's really no excuses when you're looking at a Florida Gulf Coast making the NCAA tournament and winning two games nonetheless. Uh, you know, it's like the Boise State of basketball. You know, Boise State getting the uh, players out of example. California that no one wants and they're, they're beating Georgia and Atlanta and Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl and everyone else in between so i think uh, you know it's refreshing to see a young coach and put some a team together with players that no one maybe wanted per se you know not highly recruited but they gel as a team and they play with enthusiasm and they and it lets you know that it could be done a different way absolutely and that is really great perspective because i find myself you know college basketball is just uh it's a coach's uh, league, uh, league for lack of a better word, uh, sport. Same with college football. I mean, they're they're, they're coach driven, and um, it's just uh, if you get a good coach, and that coach can get really one good player. I mean, you can just be on you can do be on your way and do what Florida Gulf Coast is doing. And I I don't mean one good player like has to be a superstar. Just you know. As Reggie Jackson said, a straw that stirs the drink, you know, uh, a leader, whatever it may be. Right. Um, like Sherwood Brown. But, you know, it, it, it reminds me of a couple of my favorite phrases, which everybody say, you know, from the Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid movie, of course, who are these guys? That, that was thrown <laughs> around a lot last weekend. Yeah. I, I did something I never do. Put it this way. This is a good example of how big it became. I mean, I'm sitting there watching at the end of the first game, and because they're Florida Gulf Coast, and I used to live down there, I had a higher degree of curiosity. But, I mean, I, I went on their website, and I couldn't get on. It was like, because found out later, because it was crashing. I mean, the minute that game <laughs> ended, I, I you know, wanted to go check out their website. I was shocked to see they have, by the way, they have 14,000 students. I know it's a commuter school, but nonetheless, I, right. that startled me, and... I didn't know where they were. When I went on that website, I didn't know they were, like, near Fort Myers. It's just Gulf Coast, obviously. I knew they were from the Gulf Coast. And 
could have been, you know, the panhandle, for all I knew. I, right. I just didn't know. Um, but again, you know, it's just uh, it's a great story. And then finally, you know, what I like, uh, you you know, in the 2004 Red Sox and, and Kurt Schilling, who, uh, you know, coined the phrase, why not us, which I've always loved. And they were wearing those T-shirts in 2004 when it seemed impossible that the Red Sox would ever win. And so, you know, I have to apply that phrase to this team. You know, if they can adopt that, why not us? Like, why not us to go all the way or at least win tonight? Or, you know, Final Four. I mean, if George Mason can go to the Final Four and VCU can go to the Final Four, I don't think it's, you know, out of the realm of possibility for Florida Gulf Coast to get to the Final Four. They have no fear at this point, John. They've, Correct. They've slayed a couple big dragons so far. They sure have. Uh, I mean, Georgetown, you know. I mean, I had Georgetown going to the Final Four. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, you disclosure. weren't alone. Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my family went to Georgetown. Uh, you know, I grew up three hours north of there. And so I'm a big Georgetown guy. And, you know, I thought... This team looks good. Anyway, you know, that was just completely shattered. Um, but anyway, I, I almost hate to leave the topic, but I guess we will. And they are, uh, you know, there's a lot of other fascinating things going on. I gave some of mine at the top of the show. Why don't you tell me in an overall sense, what else in the tournament is uh, getting your attention, AP? Yeah, I think Louisville, they're, I, I would say they're probably the team to beat. They can play 100 miles an hour and they can slow it down. They can zone you or, you know, that pressing style, defend man-to-man. Uh, -man. So I think they're probably the team to beat at this point. And uh, Rick Pitino, you know, he's so tournament-tested. And I know he's he wanting to win one for the other school in Kentucky, right? He's always won yeah. one from the Lexington folks. So I'd, I'd say he's, you know, probably a favorite in this tournament at the, at the moment. And then, of course, you have tonight the, the, the two coaching uh, geniuses there, Tom Izzo, and when I think of him, I'm always thinking of football because he practices, I guess, like it's a football practice, you know, rebounding. You're always thinking his his team, if they're going to do one thing, it's rebound and then it's in play defense and they'll play hard. And, of course, Duke, they, when you watch Duke, they may not have the talent all the time, John, the physical talent, but they yep. play hard defensively. And right. they'll battle you. So those two teams tonight, I mean, it's going to be an incredible uh, game, I think. And so I'm looking forward to watching some of that as well. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Louisville is the only game I did not touch on as far as tonight goes. Uh, and so I'm glad you brought it up, you know. And, yeah, they're a fabulous team. They're the overall number one seed for the entire tournament. But, you know, I, Oregon completely disrespected and get in being – uh, placed as a number 12 seed. I mean, we all, you know, like the Ducks, or at least like, I like what they wear. And I happened to tune into a couple games this year uh, for just a few minutes from Oregon. Mm -hmm. And uh, like the uniforms, their, their floor is cool. It's literally done with like, you know, pine trees or evergreen trees. It took me a while to figure out exactly what is the design. But, you know, they're a trendy school. And... I saw them pull off a last-minute upset. Oh, I, I believe it was against Arizona. 
who lost last night to the buzzer beater, yes. And uh, I think Arizona was undefeated at the time. So I watched this game live from Oregon, and that got my attention. I think I watched another one later, maybe against UCLA. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you talk about a team playing with a chip on their shoulder with, again, uh, you, you know, a, a little cachet. You, you know, they're, uh, they could make it interesting. And, again, it was ridiculous for them to have been placed as a number 12 seed. They're much, much better than that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, John, if they're the most disrespected team, then it's great that they're playing one of the top teams, if not the top team. Right. And, it's and perfect. you have all, all the opportunity in the world to change everyone's perception and opinion of, of not only your team but your league. Absolutely, absolutely. There was a lot of talk. I mean, I'm not alone. Everybody was saying, the Charles Barkley in particular was saying, you know, the Pac-12 overall was disrespected mm-hmm. in the seeding process, led by, I believe, Oregon. They weren't alone. There was a couple other Pac-10 teams, that uh, Pac-12, that, you know, also uh, were not seeded high, but, you know, Oregon's now left carrying the banner. Uh, what else catches your eye from the last... Uh, you know, well, I was watching days. some of the games last night, John. In in this tournament, when you get down to these 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 games on this weekend, I mean, you're not going to survive a 19 point half. I guess I believe that's what Miami had scored in the first half. It, yes. It, it, I mean, they had you know 42 points second half, I believe. So it's very difficult to come up with snake eyes in that first uh, 20 minutes because more than likely the other team. Is is you're going to be you know have quite a lead so and you're playing from behind at this level of all good teams and uh, it, it, it's very you know trying for everyone watching the game and coaching the game and the players themselves so that that Miami just wasn't in, in the game and they let so many you know Mar- Marquette had so many layups and they couldn't defend Marquette and uh, and then you got to have Ohio State they're the cardiac kids of the tournament so yep. far right pretty much. And you know that there's benefits to being able to win close games. Oh, I think it's huge. You know, you, you know? your your d- demeanor doesn't change. You you're saying, okay, this is just another game, and we just run our offense or play our defense and take shots, and we'll see what happens. So, even though people aren't too happy, maybe with those, those tight scores, some of the alumni, but there there are some positives. Absolutely, see Marquette <laughs> for winning close <laughs> oh, games. My goodness, yeah. Right, and look what's come out the other side. They absolutely blew out Miami last night. It's always fascinating, you know. As they yeah. say, I'm pardon the interruption, you know, did Miami lose the game or did Marquette win the game? Yeah, right. So, yeah, always have to look at it. I think in this case, most people are saying, you know, Miami lost the game. Yeah. Uh, but but you can't ignore that, again, to your point, Marquette, you know, survives against Davidson when they had no right to. I mean, I think they were down seven with a minute go. And yeah. you know, it was incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John, I was going to ask you one thing about, you know, Miami. Well, I guess it, they were two seed, I think, something like that. Yes. You know, they won the regular season and the tournament Correct. for the ACC. And, and I think if Duke had accomplished the same or North Carolina, do you believe they would have been a number one seed? Totally, yes. And you think that's just on the name recognition, the reputation from the past? Absolutely. You know, and now we know why Miami, to a degree, wasn't. I mean, I, yeah. I'll give the tournament selection committee some credit here. I, I, I thought they should have been a number uh, one seed because 
you know, in the span of a week, what they did to Duke and North Carolina, I think right. both at, at Miami was incredible. I mean, it got the nation's attention. Yeah. They have the team leader that I talked about earlier, i.e. like a Sherwood Brown in, in Shane Larkin. Yeah. Uh, you know, they did lose their uh, center to knee surgery this week since since the last game. Right. So, you, you know, that hurts. Uh, but I said at the top of the show, I was stunned since I'm a big Jim Laranega fan, as, are, as is everybody, I think, that he in the postgame last night, used injuries causing them to not be able to prepare properly as the excuse for losing. I was stunned by that. Yeah. Uh, It's just wrong. (laughs) Yeah, you just have to keep a stiff upper lip because those are are part of the game. This happens, and you just have to – it's an opportunity for the next person to step up to the plate. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Cliche, yeah. You know, because it's a cliche, but that gives someone another chance. Yes, and if ever, anybody ever deserved a pass and another chance, it literally is Jim Laranega. I'm just going to chalk it up to, you know, he was in a state of shock because they weren't just beaten. They were blown out. They were dominated. Uh, right. Well, with that, we, did, did you have something to add there? No, I'm just going to say that uh, it was interesting. I mean, the seedings way back, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago, that, you know, the ACC and the SEC combined uh, couldn't even equal the Big East um, selection, you know, uh, invitations. I think the Big East had eight teams, the ACC and the SEC combined had seven. I know, I know. Well, the Big East going out with a bang. The Big East, as we've known and loved it for the past few decades, uh, right. at least in number of teams in the tournament. Uh well, AP, I think it's time for our break. Uh, we have one more segment to go, and we'll talk about a couple of other things going on in the world of sports upon our return. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel this is it sports is an engaging talk program that includes you the experts and sports all moderated by coach carl hargrave we'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world collegiate and professional take a look at youth-oriented sports athletic development and sportsmanship faith and where it has its place in sports along with a lively discussion with coach carl every week Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., before we get into a couple of other items from the sports world, I always like to uh, give my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing. No surprise, it's tonight's 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time game with uh, Florida Gulf State University versus uh, University of Florida. Should be a great one. And with that said... We're still going to stick with basketball, and uh, obviously the other big story in the world of basketball and sports this week was the uh, end of the Miami Heat 27-game winning streak. Uh, Very, very physical game. I was watching. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, You know, a little surprise uh, in the postgame where LeBron talked a little bit about the hard files really he's not a whiner he's never whined and you know he's a beast obviously at 6'8 275 and I say that because to me the take home from that game the visual is always going to be and I was watching it live when LeBron after he he was fouled really hard and I again physical game everybody uh the rest let him play and both coaches knew before the game what was coming, and they talked about it. Uh, but, boy, when LeBron lined up to hit Carlos Boozer, and they have great visual of him, like, you know, sort of closing his eyes and bracing for a hit just like he's a middle linebacker, tight end, you know. So he, he was giving it as much as getting it is, all, is my only point. But fascinating game to say the least, and an end to really one of the great streaks in, in our lifetime. Yeah, it's very difficult. I mean, I hadn't even thought about a streak in basketball since it happened in, I think, that 72 season, John. I can't yep. recall. They probably mentioned the one that came close, and I don't I don't know <laughs> myself, but I haven't thought of that in 40 years of, of a streak setting a new record in the, in the NBA. Absolutely. Well, I was in high school when that went on, and, you know, huge basketball fan at the time, as were all my buddies. We were gym rats. I mean, basketball was the big thing in our life, and we were totally, and there's no NBA team in Pittsburgh, so we were able to, you know, uh, jump on board anything we felt like jumping on board with, and, you know, that Laker team, we were totally, totally, totally into that as high school kids, and, uh so, yeah, you know, um, again, I, I, I give a lot of credit to the Heat. You know, what they did was just amazing. Uh, 27 games, you, you know, I think that's it's going to be a long time before we see that. But, you know, it's also weekly interesting in that we're seeing uh, no, no sooner does that streak end and all of a sudden you wake up and you've got the Pittsburgh Penguins winning 14 in a row last night. And the all-time winning streak set by the Penguins years ago is 17. So all of a sudden, they're within uh, three games of, of setting a new NHL winning streak. All this on the heels of the Blackhawks starting the season with something like a 
game streak without a loss. It was either a tie or a win, put it that way. Or getting a point, whatever, however they do it. That's incredible, the two main winter sports, uh, close to records in one season, yeah. the same season, to keep, keep the fans really involved in the regular season, which sometimes is hard to do. Right. Well, you know, it's it's got my attention a lot because, you know, something happened that doesn't happen very much these days, which is uh, when I went to bed the other night, it appeared uh, the Bruins had landed Ginley, a potential hall, a future Hall of Famer from uh, Calgary, and went to bed. That was it. It was a done deal being reported by all the you know, knowledgeable people in Canada and in Boston, mm-hmm. woke up and heard he had signed with the Penguins. Um, and, boy, I mean, you talk uh, – the backlash up here in Boston has been unbelievable. I mean, I, I, know, I know you're in you're in New England as well. I don't know if it's filtered down your way to Connecticut or not, but it has been a gigantic uh, story on how to – you know, how did this happen? Again, in 2013 – not many times we go to bed thinking one thing and wake up and hear another thing. Yeah, not very often, John. Yeah, there you don't hear that in sports very often anymore because there's so many people trying to get to the story, and more than likely it's usually correct. But to go to sleep and wake up the next day and with a surprise, those are few and far between. To say the least, you know, a couple other interesting transactions just worth mentioning. You know, talked last week about the Elvis Dumerville uh, fax faux pas, we'll call it, uh, where he wasn't with the Broncos and, uh, of course, fired his agent. But anyway, the Ravens finally stopped the bleeding of everybody leaving their Super Bowl championship team and signed Elvis Dumerville, who is a great, great pass rusher. So that caught my eye. Yeah, that'll help him out. Ozzie Newsom, he's always looking for talent, and he's had a pretty good eye through the years. So, you know, that probably worked out for the Ravens, and it was a good pickup by them. Yes, well, you know, they had to do something. And last week I talked about, you know, in Bill We Trust in New England, it's the same thing down in Baltimore, and Ozzie We Trust. And, you know, that, that again, that was like a, in my mind, a very necessary signing. And, uh, Hard to believe that, you know, baseball is upon us, so I'll just uh, throw out, you know, one item that broke in the last hour or two, uh, which is simply that uh, Justin Verlander was just signed by the Tigers for $180 million, richest contract ever. Uh, And I think it's a six-year contract, and, uh, you know, he's going to finish out his career by all appearances with the Detroit Tigers. So that's a great way to kind of go into uh, the beginning of the baseball season. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic for the Detroit fans. You don't get to hear those types of stories in Major League Baseball because once a player becomes a free agent or has an opportunity to sign with another team, he's always pushed to the highest dollar regardless. So he'll be like the Derek Jeter of Detroit, except he's a pitcher. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, I I look at Detroit with, you know, Miguel Cabrera and Prince Fielder anchoring their offense, Justin Verlander, the very definition of a stopper. Uh, And, you know, 
fairly likable. I mean, he's just a guy I've always liked. It seems to be fairly universal. Um, I saw where he was at, uh, what, like the Miami Heat Orlando game, which is which kind of cool. Like when the heat streak reached, I believe twenty seven, just the other, just this week in Florida. So anyway, great signing and AP. Uh, great to have you on the line for the entire show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, great perspective as always. Great stories. So uh, once again, we'll look forward to doing it all again next week as well. My pleasure, John. Look forward to hearing from you next week. Excellent. And as always, Voice America listeners, thank you for tuning in to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.